shake a hand, shake a hand next to ya. Shake a shake a hand, shake a hand next to ya. Shake a shake a hand, shake a hand next to ya. Shake a shake a hand, shake a hand next to ya. Exactly, sir. My humble duties in a small city have brought me in close touch with the people. For as thou, sir, as high priest of Israel, know of the people and their thoughts only what is told thee. I dare not defile myself with contact with the common people. You, you have information I should have. Yes, sir. About John, sir. John? John the Baptist, sir. The man of the wilderness. Oh, that John. Uh, what about him? He is powerful, sir. Yeah, and that I... man of the wilderness powerful? Ah, it's Jesus from Nazareth that I'm worried about. The man from Nazareth does have a certain power, yes, and a following. But uh, compared with the man of the wilderness, the power and following of Jesus is of no consequence. John's power and influence grows hourly. It has become mighty and dangerous. Dangerous? Yes, sir. Dangerous to the influence and power of the priesthood. John's influence over the nation right now is greater than that of its rulers, priests, and princes put together. If he so desired, he could start a revolt and the people would flock to his standard. Hmm. I didn't realize he was so popular and powerful. Perhaps we have been watching the wrong man. Go back to your duties and keep your eyes and ears open. Report to me any unusual turn of events. Yes, sir. You again? Sir, you commanded me to report anything unusual. Ah, yes. Yes, so I did well. 
The tide of popularity seems to be turning away from John. Day by day, the crowds about him lessen. Oh, that's good news. Recently, <laughs> Jesus from Nazareth came to Jordan, and the people flocked to hear him. By cunning means, I discovered that this caused jealousy among the disciples of John. They talked it over among themselves, then in anger went with their jealous criticisms to their master. First, they complained to John about the disciples of Jesus, claiming that they did not wish to... Master, thou art John, he who baptizes in the name of the Heavenly Father. Thy birth was foretold by an angel from heaven. Thy birth itself was a miracle. Thou hast not partaken of any strong Or brain. done anything against the will of God. Thou hast grown strong of body and soul by obedience to God's laws of nature. God sent you among us for a purpose. For a special mission. Uh, are these things not true, Master? They are. Uh, the disciples of Jesus... They baptize. They should be stopped. To baptize is your mission. We've talked to the disciples of Jesus about this, and they claim that they have the right to baptize. But they don't. They even use the wrong words when they baptize. Yes, they say that the baptism they give cleanses the soul from sin. But this is simply not true, Master. You were sent into this world as a reformer. Attention of all people should be upon you. The success of the reformation of Israel depends upon you and your authority to baptize. Master, you have no faults or weaknesses. You are not selfish or overambitious. Jealousy is foreign to your nature. Why do you not then assert yourself as having the power and authority which you were born to have? You should attract attention to yourself. Instead, you accept silence and obscurity, while Jesus and his disciples turn all eyes and minds to themselves. We beg you, Master. Assert yourself and take your rightful place in the councils of Israel. My rightful place is as a messenger of God, for which purpose I was born into this world. You yourselves bear witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. To be true to this calling, love of self must be swallowed up in love for Christ. I will not seek self-honor. No rivalry will mar the relationship between Christ and myself. But, Master, the disciples of Jesus... He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. God hath sent Jesus, and he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. Master, thou art commissioned from heaven also. I am but a voice crying in the wilderness, directing the minds of the people to Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not on the Son shall not see life. Are you... are you saying, Master, that your work here on earth is... Is finished, completed. I must yet work, seeking to lift the thoughts of man higher and still higher until they rest upon the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. We will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, for thou art our only hope. You are sure that those were his exact words? Jesus must increase, but John must decrease. Yes, sir. Is it true? Sir, those were his exact words. I mean, is it true that the man of the wilderness is decreasing in power and influence with the people, while the man from Nazareth increases? The people flock to see and hear Jesus, sir. He seems to have some magical power to attract the people to himself. Is it idle curiosity or conviction that draws them to Jesus? 
Sincere conviction, sir. Conviction that he possesses power from heaven. Power not intended for, nor invested upon, the priesthood. Uh, Jesus then actually seeks to draw the people away from us. So it would seem, yes, sir. Something must be done to stop him. We are the leaders of Israel, and we most certainly do not subscribe to John's theory that Jesus must increase. Rather, he must decrease, and the Sanhedrin and priesthood must increase. Yes. <laughs> We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. The best part of heaven might well be the praise Or the honors bestowed at the end of the race The best part of heaven will be mercy and grace That we'll know when we see Jesus face Settle down. Let's settle down now. The first meeting of the New Kids Bible Club is now in session. I'm glad to see you guys here this evening, and I'm looking forward to exploring God's Word with you. Is there food? What did you say, Henry? 
Is there food? You know, stuff to eat. Someone told me there'd be food. Well, we'll have lots of the bread of life from the Bible. I'd rather have pizza. Actually, you bring up an important point. I do. Yeah, when you haven't eaten for a while, what happens to you? He gets grouchy, kind of like now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's only normal. The human body needs nourishment. When it doesn't get enough, it becomes worried and starts to make you feel well grouchy. Henry is always. Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> the very same thing happens to your mind when you haven't had enough of the bread of life from God's word. Your mind gets hungry. You start feeling more worried than you need to be, more fearful of things, more angry at how the world is treating you. Perhaps you know people like that. They're just mad all the time. What they need is the bread of life straight from the Bible. They need some beautiful promises to make them feel better or a word or two of encouragement from the lips of Jesus himself to let them know that they're not alone. That's what you find in the Bible. Words that fill you up with joy. That's why we're here. Okay, okay. Bread of life. Got it. Then can we have pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some food in the refrigerator left over from Sabbath potluck. Maybe next week I'll have someone bring some sandwiches. Is everybody here grouchy? <laughs> yes, yes, I'll bring sandwiches, lots of sandwiches. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
You've joined me today for another story just for you. One Month, Four Days to Live by Elva Gardner. Chang Young stood at a respectful distance back of his English master's chair in the dining room in India. Clad in a starched, spotless white butler's uniform, he stood like a soldier at attention. Chang Young was the perfect servant. He knew when to refill the master's cup of tea, when to pass the vegetables, when to bring the evening paper, when to talk, and when to keep still. There were many other things he knew, such as which shirt the master would like laid out, just when the slippers were wanted, the temperature of the bath water, and which guests were welcome, and how to get rid of those not wanted. 
He also knew how to gather news around the tea plantation and how to keep the family secrets. Chang Young was from China and had held his present job as butler and valet to the master on the Indian tea plantation several years. Now he stood behind his master's chair in the dining room waiting for just the right moment to speak. He had just refilled the cup of tea. Master, he spoke in low tones, one month I go China. I train new servant for master before I go. The master did not turn to look at Chang Young. This was their usual way of talking, with Chang Young standing behind him. Are you looking for a wife, Chang Young? I suppose you are lonely, but there is no need for you to go to China to get a wife. I will pay the fare of a Chinese girl to come here. I no get married, master. I go China, stay. I teach new servant to take good care of master. What's the matter? Aren't you getting wages enough? I'll raise your pay. How much am I paying you now? Master pay plenty now. I no want more money. I go China, stay. Now the master lost his patience. Chen Young, you aren't going to China to stay. Do you understand? If you want more pay or more help, just say so. I don't want to hear any more of this nonsense. Chen Young was quiet, and the master was sorry he had become angry. Chen Young, I was angry. Forgive me. Chen Young was still silent. Chen Young, why do you want to go to China? I no can say. Master will laugh at me. Chang Young, I promise not to laugh at you. Tell me why you must go. Master, I go China. I die. The master stopped eating. Are you ill? Why haven't you told me? You shall have the best doctors. I know sick, master. Then what is this nonsense about dying? Master, one month, four days today, I die. How do you know you're going to die one month and four days from today? Master, in my country I have brother. He have wife and children. I have no family. My brother now in prison. He sentenced to die one month, four days. In my country, brother can die for brother. I go China, die for brother. Now another servant stands back of the master's chair, fills his cup of tea, lays out the shirts and keeps his secrets. Greater love hath no man than he lay down his life. A long time ago, a son came to his father. I go, I die for my brother. Was that brother you? The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. Podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh day Adventist Church. Let the children come, don't dare drive them away, and then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. 
Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.